the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I am your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Um, It's going to be a jam-packed week. We've got a lot of information for you. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can give them a call, 630-928-0510, or you can call us here uh, with your questions, comments, feedback, 312-642-5600. So first up on the program, I've got the man who literally has written the book on customer service, Bruce Matcha, who, who is uh, brings a wealth of experience in, in executive leadership staff and customer attention and customer service with over 35 years of experience working with prominent brands such as Neiman Marcus, Walt Disney World, uh, Marriott, Motorola, Harley-Davidson, and the list goes on and on. Bruce, welcome to the program. Absolutely. So, uh, Bruce, customer service, there, there's no uh, more timely of an issue than right now when uh, we hear the news about uh, about uh, stores fighting for customer attention, trying to get people back into the uh, back into the retail properties and avoid going to online uh, presence. But bottom line, Bruce, let me ask you the simple question. Does customer service really matter in 2016 or are people actually just looking for the best deals? No, I think customer service is how you differentiate yourself from the competition. And I think that uh, for those organizations that see it as kind of a soft science that you do when everything else is over, are not understanding that it really is the way that you drive profitability and make those bottom line dollars work for you. And companies are starting to plan ahead. Uh, Hopefully, they've already planned ahead into 2017, but even looking into 2018. And I'm going to want to talk a little bit about strategic planning with you. But before we get there, you've literally written the book, as I mentioned earlier, called Becoming a Customer Service Star, which was initially designed for Walt Disney World. And you've sold over 250,000 copies. Bruce, tell us the, the, a, a tidbit of, of some of the secrets that you share in, uh, in becoming a customer service star that even small business owners, entrepreneurs, can put into practice when they go to work tomorrow morning. Almost 20 years ago, I had the opportunity of engaging with Walt Disney World and writing Becoming a Customer Service Star. And it was uh, not a book. It's actually a, a learning instrument that uh, you can uh, obtain and, and take your employees through a, a customer service uh, experience that allows them to, to identify uh, where their customer service aptitude rests. And, and, and it measures customer service in five very easy areas. First, how much do they enjoy customer contact? If you're hiring people that, that don't want to pick up that phone and, and engage with customers, don't want to go up and meet customers when they walk into your shop, if, if they hang back or if their approach is to simply 
stare at a customer blindly and say, may I help you? They're not looking at the customer as a relationship opportunity. They're looking at it as a transaction. Uh, the second area is, is that you've got to have the ongoing process of getting feedback from your customers to know that you're meeting and hopefully exceeding their expectations. The third is that everybody who has customer contact has to be empowered to take care of every problem that might come in the door without having to escalate it or without having to postpone it. Uh, the most aggravating thing for a customer is to have a complaint or a problem or a return and, and, and just have that problem passed on to say two or three or four people before they can get a resolution. Uh, not only does it, does it create a huge aggravation factor, but quite frankly, uh, every time you pass a customer on to somebody else, you are reducing by 50% the chance of that customer returning to you. Um, and, and, and fourthly, uh, you've got to be looking for ways of exceeding people's expectations. Come, someone comes in with a, with, with, with a challenge or a problem, ask them how they would like the problem solved. Don't try to second-guess the customer. More often than not, they're going to indicate something that's less than you would do anyway, and then just simply try to exceed it. Uh, and, and fifth and most important, the first four items all lead to the fifth item, which is to build long-term relationships. Nobody makes a dime profit by having somebody walk in their organization one time. You've got to build on repeat relationships. And everything that you and your folks do to try to build a relationship that someone wants to come back uh, is, is, is really the, the essence of customer service. Fascinating. Fascinating five points um, regarding customer service. And uh, Bruce, your company's name is Innovations in Management. Uh, so, uh, Bruce, what I'm hearing from you is that there are uh, several foundations, five key points of customer service that you outline in the in the process and the experience, as you called it, of becoming a customer service star. But how much of that needs to innovate uh, in companies year after year, and how much of it just continues to be relevant from the time that 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 you wrote about this experience, and and how much of it is relevant today in 2016, moving into 2017? Well, that brings up the second whole area of, of strategic thinking. Uh, if, if, if you're thinking forward about what you want that business to look like uh, at the end of 2017 or into 2018, and how are you going to be different uh, in, in 2017 or 18 to uh, stand out, to offer your customers some unique or special uh, service or product or activity, uh, and, and you think strategically, uh, if that strategic plan doesn't have a customer service component on what more you're willing to do to, to meet and exceed the customer's expectations, uh, then, then, then you're really leaving out the, the single most important component uh, above and beyond, beyond finding new merchandise or, or determining your pricing or, or trying to understand how you're operationally going to improve. Uh, the key is, is how you reach out and, and touch people's lives. Absolutely fascinating. And I know that um, there are several areas that you've been uh, particularly focused on, including uh, you've, you've uh, started creating this, this concept for physician mentoring. But along with that is something that I talk about a lot on this program about leadership mentoring. And I know that you know a thing or two about that. How do you think uh, leaders need to uh, need to approach this concept of both giving back as well as looking at uh, filling in in their deficiencies where where somebody might not be an expert in one area how how can a leader be improve themselves through the process of mentoring both by giving as well as receiving? I think that all of us have the capacity to learn something more than we already know about leadership 
about motivation, about uh, developing uh, a business. And, and I think that uh, for especially uh, small business owners and, and entrepreneurs, it's essential that you reach out into the community and, and find someone that you respect that, that, that you can call and say, let me buy you a cup of coffee. I just simply want to bounce some ideas off of you. And, and out of that, attempt to build a mentoring relationship where every time you sit down, um, maybe it's an even exchange. Maybe one time you're talking about your business and your, and your situation and they're mentoring you, and the next time you sit down and, and you reverse the roles so you're mentoring them. Likewise, I think that you look at your staff and, 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 and you identify some of the people that you believe um, have, have some high potential um, and don't, don't just think that they're going to learn on their own. Uh, these folks need to have someone as, as a model and a guide, and, and I think mentoring is, is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, when, when, I, when I was first out of college and, and assigned to uh, a Carswell Air Force Base uh, in, in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, the Air Force uh, uh, encouraged all the young officers to get involved in the community, and, and I was fortunate enough to get involved with Big Brothers of America and had two youngsters who were fatherless that I was able to spend time with. Um, I maintained about a 20-year relationship with those guys as they were growing up, and, and they, they always talked about how our time together was not only just simply fun to have something to do or go out and, and, and play ball or, or uh, uh, go shopping, but, but the fact that there was um, someone that they could identify with uh, I, I would look back at my own career and tell you that there's three or four people that have had an amazing influence in, in my life and in my success and in my development as a leader. And I think that it's very incumbent upon all of us to uh, to pass it on. Absolutely. Well, fascinating insight. And uh, my own commentary would be that in, in this day and age, there are so many great tools that are available for even small business owners to uh, to make sure that you are collecting feedback and customer experience and employee uh, experience as well. You can't underestimate that piece as well. So, uh, Bruce, we appreciate your insight, um, uh, but I want to make sure our listeners can find uh, you on the web. I know you're a prominent uh, public speaker, and uh, people likely have questions and uh, perhaps want to continue the conversation. What's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Well, if they're interested in getting a copy of Becoming a Customer Service Star, uh, they need to simply go online to the publisher. That's hrdq.com, and uh, look up Becoming a Customer Service Star. Uh, it sells for less than $20 a copy for each of your employees, and, and you can run a uh, fabulous customer service uh, program in your organizations uh, without having to sit up at night and, and, and write an entire course. Uh, if people are interested in, in reaching me, uh, my, my website is... Uh, www.innovationsinmanagement.com and uh, they can find everything that uh, that I'm doing on that website. Innovationsinmanagement.com uh, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us on the air. We'll be sure to uh, check back in with you in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Coming up after break, we've got more tips, advice, and information for you on Get Down to Business. Welcome back. You're listening to the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. What a fascinating discussion about customer experience, customer service with Bruce Matcha of Innovations in Management. And indeed, we have a fantastic lineup of guests today on Get Down to Business. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, tandemhr.com, um, 630-928-0510. So I'm thrilled to be joined by Jim Bernetti 
of uh, Soft Landing Interventions, a uh, fascinating, fascinating group of uh, clinics that specialize in substance abuse and addiction treatment. Jim, you've been focused on uh, on Highland Park and establishing a new clinic uh, out in that direction up north. Um, first of all, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me here um, and allowing me this great opportunity and a wonderful platform to talk about addiction and recovery and what we do uh, with soft landing. Uh, we have uh, three locations, Naperville, uh, Displains, and Highland Park. And what we do right now is we work with, with addictions. Uh, there's an epidemic with the opioid um, addiction, and sometimes it starts with pills. Uh, someone could uh, obtain an injury, go to a doctor, um, start taking Vicodin, and then after a while they get they get, they get hooked on it. And um, what happens is you go uh, from there to, to heroin, um, and, um, you know, it's, it's a really deadly epidemic. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this topic. We've been hearing about it around the country, but we've been hearing about it uh, on the North Shore, an area where maybe some people believe that uh, this problem doesn't exist. Uh, Jim, you and I both know that it does exist, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's impacting negatively uh, families and professionals. And that's, that's troublesome. Um, tell us a, a little bit, of course, uh, not divulging, uh, any confidentiality, but tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing in Highland Park mm-hmm. and the uh, and and the the folks that are coming in. Does it does it run the gamut of ages? What's the profile of some of the people coming into uh, the Soft Landings Clinic in Highland Park? Right, that's a great question. What we're seeing in Highland Park is pretty much what we're seeing throughout the country, throughout Chicagoland. Um, the you know addiction and um, heroin pills. It could be alcohol. It does not discriminate uh, no matter what uh, social economic you know, class you're, you're, you're from or um, it does not discriminate with anyone. Uh, so what we're seeing is we are seeing people who um, are becoming addicted on, pill, on pills. We are seeing heroin um, and also drinking alcohol. Um, so what we do is we, we treat people with med- uh, medicine. Okay, We have medicine uh, um, treatment and uh, we have Suboxone, which is a drug that uh, um, helps with cravings and withdrawals for opioid addiction. So if someone is um, is hooked on on, uh, on heroin or pills, they could come into us and we could uh, we could help them with Suboxone. And Suboxone will uh, reduce cravings and keep them clean. Um, and also Vivitrol is also a very good uh, medicine that helps with alcohol and alcohol cravings. So perhaps uh, thanks to television, everybody believes that the only uh, resource for addiction is on the West Coast, um, uh, perhaps because so many celebrities end up uh, in those in those treatment and recovery centers out there. But you're saying that the issue is more widespread and the solution, more importantly, is indeed closer to home. Yes, absolutely. Um, you don't have to go to California to get treatment. A lot of people do because, um, you know, they think that just going away and, and having anonymity and going to a different place uh, may help them. Um, but there's also, you know, um, there, there's options closer to home um, that do the same thing. Um, and we also have groups. We have uh, we have therapy. We have treatment that will help you, um, you know, get better. Because with addiction, it's a combination of medicine and psychotherapy. Uh, which will get you back on the right track. It's evidence-based. Um, so not only do you have to treat it, um, you know, with, with medicine and, and um, crave, uh, you know, with cravings, also to, to work on thoughts, feelings, and actions with uh, CBT and, uh, and therapy to uh, be able to, to work it out. So Highland Park, so you're set up um, in, a, in uh, an area in, in Highland Park. Uh, it's, it's not 
hidden. It's the, it, it's it's actually public that it's there, and uh, I could hear both sides of 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 that as as both a compliment and perhaps a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps some people that are looking for that anonymity, as you said, uh, might not appreciate that it's that it's so uh, public. At the same time, uh, it's pretty much a statement that this problem exists and we are a solution that's available to you. What, uh, Jim, sort of moving into your, your background, mm-hmm. why, why soft landings? How did, how did you end up um, doing this? And how did, you, how did soft landings end up uh, settling on a location in Highland Park as, as the next clinic? Right. Well, Abdel Fahmy is our medical director, and uh, he started the company about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, with a need for, for addiction and with medicine treatment, um, we're, we're in Naperville, south side. We're in Des Plaines, you know, northwest side. So why not Highland Park? Um, like I said, addiction does not discriminate. You know, it finds its way through, um, you know, every economic, uh, you know, class and, and um, it finds its way, you know, to, uh, in, in most people's uh, lives. Everybody knows someone who's, who's addicted to something. So uh, Highland Park just seemed like a really good fit. And, um, and here we are. And so let's talk about the about the actual problem and hopefully the uh, hopefully the solution. Um, obviously, uh, clinics such as soft landings recovery, obviously very important that multidisciplinary approach that you have uh, with both the groups as well as the the clinical uh, approach that, that you have um, is important. I know there's a lot of legislation being passed and I know that school districts are involved in trying to proactively conquer the issue. Jim, any thoughts on on what we should be doing as a community to uh, to uh, recognize that this is a challenge, and to again not only reactively treat the people that are that are dealing with this horrible, horrible addiction mm-hmm. and 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 challenge, but also proactively ensure that it's not impacting and plaguing families and professionals yeah. uh, in in the communities that we that we know and love. Mm-hmm. I think it always starts with education, and you have to start with with children, and you have to start young. Um, with addiction, sometimes it's something that runs in the family. Um, you know, when uh, when you talk to someone who's struggling with with alcoholism, uh, it might be something that's been passed down from generation to generation. So, um, you know, these are things that are out in the community and have affected people for for a long, long time. So, starting them young and talking about it, and making it sound like something that um, you know is helpful, it's something that um, is real, and it's something that people could, could overcome if they seek help. Then it won't be so overwhelming, um, and it's just another piece, you know, in healthcare um, and keeping people healthy and getting people help when they do need help. You know, just um, starting early and letting people know that, um, you know, there there isn't anything wrong with you if if you're struggling because um, you know people do struggle, but um, you know it's okay to to ask for help and and to come to an, uh, to a treatment center that is is going to get you on the right path that's a fantastic message and and indeed it's something that i've discovered uh it with uh with business professionals that everybody has their strengths and everybody has their challenges too mm-hmm. and we need to as a society embrace uh embrace those strengths learn as we just heard from uh, Bruce Match our former guest mm-hmm. uh on the program talking about where we can learn how to uh mentor how we can help others mm-hmm. but how we can learn from each other as well but also recognize where where we struggle and hopefully uh chip in and 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 help each other and that's certainly what you guys are doing 
at Soft Landings Recovery uh, by opening up in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fascinating. So, uh, obviously, I want to know how people can reach you. And uh, I also see uh, through your website that there are several career opportunities. There's growth. It looks like you guys are, mm-hmm. are expanding rapidly, and you have a fantastic yeah. team in place. Mm-hmm. Tell us the best way that people can learn more about the uh, about the organization and the clinic in Highland Park. Right. Uh, you can learn more about the organization by going to softlandingrecovery.com. Uh, if you want to talk to us in Highland Park, you could call 847-813-2559. Um, after hours, you could call 888-782-6966. And uh, we are expanding. We're opening up in Lakeview in the city and also in Arlington Heights. So uh, we're growing. And, you know, the way the way I look at it is um, if if you're struggling, if, if, if you had trouble with, with your heart, you would go to a doctor to seek help. You would get on medicine and you would... Do whatever it is to, you know, uh, to get on the right path. So if you're struggling with addiction, you know, there's there's options for you. Uh, we have a great medical director, Abdel Fahmy. Uh, come visit us. We'll get you going in the right direction. That's fantastic. And I want to continue this discussion with you in future weeks, Jim, uh, to talk about the about the, about this important issue, which really is an important policy issue as well. Obviously, as I said, you guys are involved uh, on the front lines of, of addressing the uh, the, the specific need, but I think we need to have a conversation as a community, big picture, right. as it's affecting our uh, our professional community, it's affecting families. Uh, fantastic, fantastic work that you're doing. Uh, good luck out in Highland Park. Soft landing recovery. Jim Bernetti, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Coming up, we will be talking with Merrill Matthews, uh, continuing a discussion that we actually started last week about uh, some interesting reports on fracking. So we'll uh, have that discussion talking about policy. Um, and uh, I know I've mentioned in the past that I'm a, a strong supporter of Chicago Yacht, and I'm actually running my very first uh, marathon uh, coming up at the end of January, and you can support uh, my run in the marathon, support of a fantastic organization by visiting my website, shalomkline.com. That's also where you can download podcasts from Get Down to Business. Once again, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, we can download podcasts from the show and get a sneak peek of who's going to be at next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. We'll be right back after this quick break here on the show all about small business. Hey, Chicago, welcome back to Get Down to Business. Thrilled to be joined by returning guest, Dr. Merrill Matthews, resident scholar with the Institute for Policy, Innovation in Dallas. Uh, Meryl, welcome back to the program. It sounds like the EPA is bowing to the Greens and reversing course on uh, on fracking. Uh, Meryl, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, tell us about this uh, this little bit of a change that we're hearing about, uh, that the EPA is now reversing course uh, in a long-awaited report that it doesn't have enough information about fracking. What's going on? Well, last year they released the preliminary report, and in that report, this was on uh, fracking, and they, in, the, in the preliminary report they said there was, they found no evidence of, I'm quoting now, widespread systemic impacts on drinking water. Now, they went through and said, we do, we do find some occasional cases where there's human error, isolated incidents in which uh, some uh, fracking fluid or something is spilled on the ground from someplace, but there was no widespread, ev- there was no evidence of widespread uh, impact. 
And so the, uh, they had said they'd come out with the final report. They did last this past Tuesday, in which that initial finding was essentially a drop completely from the report, and they go through and they highlight the various incidents, which I said these are typically isolated lo- uh, uh, local instances where you have somebody who makes a mistake, some mechanical error or something of that nature. They highlight that, but they drop their original conclusion, which it, there was nothing that over the years that sort of created this incidence of, oh, yes, now we know there is widespread impact on drinking water. It's just something that the EPA uh, changed its finding, and I think that was from pressure from the environmental groups and the administration. Wow. Well, it's a 1,200-page report, and they've been working on it for five years. And as you mentioned, Merrill, it was rele- the draft report was in June 2015, which, uh, which had a completely different conclusion than the report that was released this week. Uh, Merrill, jumping ahead uh, to, uh, to the next administration, administration, Trump administration, there's going to be a new administrator of the EPA, Scott Pruitt. Um, Obviously, this report has been released. They've been working on this for five years. What changes can we expect on fracking uh, in in policy and in tone coming from the from the next administration? Well, Scott Pruitt, as you mentioned, the Attorney General from Oklahoma is, is the nominee for the Environmental Protection Agency. Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, is the nominee for the Department of Energy. And I think we're going to see a dramatically new uh, approach to this, which is th- what's happened over the past several years is the EPA has been given a free hand to do a number of things that it, it's not empowered to do by Congress and by law. Uh, and there have been some challenges to that. Scott Pruitt, ironically, was the, uh, was one of the leading attorneys general where they had uh, there was a, a several lawsuits by multiple states, many cases, 25 states or more, suing the EPA because of its uh, overreach. And now he will be in charge of it, uh, presumably. And I think he'll he'll just restrain that organization back to doing what it is legislated to do by Congress. And I think the same thing will be true with Rick Perry. Well, it sounds like uh, you mentioned earlier that they that the EPA has been playing politics with with this report. Uh, do you think that uh, again, Scott Pruitt, Rick Perry, that they're going to take that out of the equation and really focus on the facts? Because we know, as small business owners, we know as as members of of what's driving the economy that fracking can uh, can positively impact employment, positively impact. Uh, the economy in general, what, where, where does politics end and the facts begin? Well, it, it, that, that never actually, there was no uh, dividing line between this administration. And as you point out, turns out that a lot of the uh, drilling companies and so forth are small businesses. We talk about the Exxons of the world, but uh, this is oftentimes driven uh, by small companies that have three, four, five wells out there, a handful of employees. And I think Scott Pruitt's going to change the uh, the focus of the EPA to get it back to what it was initially uh, supposed to be focused on and trying to make, and, and I suspect he may downsize that organization some as well. Uh, the EPA has, it has a role, but it has not been playing that role now for a number of years. It has expanded its powers. Congress has let it get away with that under Democratic administrations. But I think we'll see that scaled back significantly, and I think that will be good for the economy. Well, I think it will be fascinating to see what comes over the over the coming months, including the confirmation hearings for those uh, two uh, incoming members of the of uh, President-elect Trump's cabinet, uh, Scott Pruitt, the current attorney general of Oklahoma, and Rick Perry, former governor of 
Texas as both uh, EPA and Department of Energy. And I think uh, we'll start to see a lot of changes. And it's important to stay engaged on this issue because uh, as business owners, this impacts us in a major way. It's not just uh, states. I know you're out in Texas, and uh, but here in Illinois, uh, fracking does have its ripple effects, and it is really important. So uh, Merrill Matthews, once again, resident scholar with Institute for Policy Innovation in Dallas. You regularly contribute to many publications, including Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Barron's USA Today, and, and the Washington Times. How can people learn more about your research on this topic uh, and uh, continue to follow your research on this issue? They can go to IPI.org. That's IPI. That's Institute for Policy Innovation. IPI.org. IPI.org. Dr. Merrill Matthews, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, coming up after the break, uh, we'll be chatting with Ken Coates, uh, who's going to be talking to us a little bit about his work uh, in uh, in as the premier background investigation solutions firm in the United States. We'll be talking with him a little bit about his practice and uh, the services that he's providing to the business community. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. A fantastic lineup of guests this week. We just spoke with Merrill Matthews about fracking. We spoke with Jim Bernetti uh, about soft landings recovery and Bruce Matcha about customer service. Got a lot more for you coming up after this quick break. Chicago, don't touch the bell. We'll be right back. Thrilled to be joined by Kenneth Coates, the uh, the founder of Kentech Consulting, the premier background investigation solution firm in the United States, licensed private detective agency. Ken Coates, welcome to the program. Hello. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely uh, thrilled that you are joining us. So uh, your website says that you provide the human touch to background checks and investigations. Uh, Ken, first, let's start with your background because it sounds uh, like uh, fascinating services that you're providing to the business community. Uh, tell us a little bit about about your resume and and how you led to uh, how it led to starting up uh, your uh, your your company. Yes, uh, thanks again for having me this evening. A pleasure to be here. Um, my background is a little interesting. I started in the IT field. I, um, my background is in IT. Um, and so the, the evolution started at Equifax, the uh, credit bureau. I used to work there for many, I call it many moons ago. And at the time, this was like pre-9-11. And, and at the time, I had a lot of friends and family who had questions about how does the background grow well, credit report in that case? How does the credit report work? And how they clear things up and so on and so forth. But then after post 9-11, I found that it was uh, became very intense scrutiny on one's background. No longer was it just about credit information. It was about criminal background information or minor offenses that you may have committed, you know, very, you know, back in high school or, or college. And, the, and the, the tragedy of it all, it was preventing people from obtaining jobs, education, uh, licenses, uh, housing, you name it. It was, it was, it became like a scarlet letter because the proliferation of a lot of digital information was being made available that people can now search a person's background check um, very instantly. So, my original entrepreneur endeavor involves helping people identify records that they may have out there about them and go about it in a legal means to see if they they have um, opportunity for relief in the form of what is called expungement. Um, so I did some research on that, kind of found out a little bit bit about it, and seen it was a huge opportunity, and really it was a fragmented society in terms of people of how they would go about getting solutions. So that's how the business, well, my entrepreneur endeavors kind of was born at that point. Absolutely fascinating, and I know you've won many awards, honors, and certifications along the way. 
uh, which are too lengthy to go into uh, during our uh, few-minute conversation. But, uh, Kenneth, I'm, I'm fascinated um, by the services that you're providing to the business community. I, I, I know our listeners know, and we've discussed it in the past on the year, how important doing background checks are, uh, focusing on security. Uh, you can't turn on the news these days without hearing about, about uh, various instances of both uh, people uh, challenges as well as cybersecurity challenges. But tell us a, a little bit about the Kentech uh, so, solution and why it's different than than working with anybody else. Why can your company help small businesses like our listeners uh, uh, get the background checks that they need faster and in a better way than others? Yeah. So we take a unique approach to our background checks. We call we call it what is called high tech and high touch. So being that my background was in information technology, I understand that the need to move information and move it quick, as you mentioned, getting information at the right time is critical. But we also respect the old tradition of what I call high-touch investigations. I call it, jokingly, sometimes the Barney Fife way of doing background mm-hmm. investigations. So we've uniquely blended both in this hybrid approach and what, what we call Kentech. So we still do what we call the, um, the traditional background investigations. In fact, we work with some of the largest law enforcement agencies and government clients across the country now that require that type of unique hybrid approach. Um, we're totally client uh, cloud-based, so in terms of our information is, is from a portal. It doesn't require any kind of uh, special learning to hook up to our system, and it's thorough. I mean, we search local uh, national as well as over 200 different countries as well. Absolutely fascinating. And I, I know that uh, well, in a few minutes we'll, we'll share uh, your website where people can learn more about the services that are provided, including I know there are, there are actually several careers uh, that are available, and we want to make sure that our listeners can uh, find that and learn more. Um, but, Ken, in our, in, our few, uh, in our minute or two remaining, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about innovation because that's a theme this week. Uh, we're approaching the final week or two of 2016, moving into 2017. And, Kenneth, I think that one of the things that make you stand out from everybody else is this concept of innovation and how you continue to invest in new processes and, mo- and more improvement to help the business community. Tell us a little bit about why that's become such a priority for you. Well, because we're in a very we're in a very complicated industry, meaning background checks, and when you're dealing with human capital, of understanding what you can see, what you can't see, what you should be looking at. There's always the fear of either what I call overscreening, meaning that people go do a Google search, find some information, and make that part of their hiring decision uh, that's not compliant. Or they underscreen where they will do that same type of search, and because it's only checking certain information, it's not as thorough. So what, what's going to be key, uh, and what we've been seeing in government regulations now, is they're really clamping down on companies that are not standing up to standards. Um, it's very important that people are allowed to kind of tell their story and tell their story in terms of who they are and being able to validate that information. So we go through that process that we believe helps companies find that next best hire. Well, you you guys are doing fascinating, fascinating work. And uh, again, a solution both for big businesses and for small businesses. We are running out of time. We got about 30 seconds remaining. Uh, Kenneth, I want to make sure our listeners can find uh, Kentech Solutions uh, on the web. Uh, What's the best way for people to, uh, to, to find you to learn more about the company? 
easily. We're at www.e, that's e as a network, kentech, K-E-N-T-E-C-H.com, or you can call us at 800-6-CHECK. So that's the number six, and then check C-H-E-C. Fantastic. Kenneth Gutswich, we, we appreciate your time on the on the air. I encourage our listeners to find out more about the company. Uh, fascinating. Uh, small business uh, providing solutions across the country. Background check, security solutions. Uh, Kenneth, once again, thanks for joining us on the air. We've got more tips, advice, and information coming up for all of our listeners after this quick break. Wow, I learned a lot this week. We talked about customer service, substance abuse, fracking, and just now background checks. What a fantastic lineup of guests. But I've got more for you. Um, We're about to move into 2017, and being a small business owner is not always easy, especially when you constantly need to stay up to date on all the new trends, strategies, algorithm updates, and marketing. So how can you continue to ensure that your business operations are running smoothly while also growing your audience and customer base? It's time for your business tip of the week, which can be your daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. The simple answer is two words. It's hard. Um, but I've got some four uh, tips for you that can help ensure that 2017 doesn't throw any curveballs your way. I'd encourage you invest in SEO. If you if you don't know what those three letters stand for, it's time that you learn search engine optimization. As a small business owner in the digital age, whether you're on an e-commerce business or you have a brick and mortar business, SEO is an absolute must. Over 81% of shoppers in 2014 conducted online research first before shopping. That number just keeps going up as more people adopt smart technologies. If you want people to buy from you, you need to be extremely accessible, whether you choose to invest in an SEO agency or whether you decide to learn those skills yourself, a strong strategy and search engine optimization will certainly lead to a major increase in revenue for your entire business. And run experiments. Um, I found an article by Ross Simmons, an entrepreneur who runs multiple businesses, and one of his main strategies for growth is running experiments to identify what works and what doesn't work. Rather than putting all of your money into one strategy, whether it's advertising, marketing, maybe it's even tiring, uh, that may not have been proven, uh, the best strategy might be to test the hypothesis first. Maybe you think that making infographics will lead to an increase in engagement and brand advocacy. Test that concept out for a couple of months. If it works well, double down, put more money into it. If not, move on to the next strategy. And you want to produce relevant content. What I mean by that is you want to create videos, infographics, blog posts, ebooks with useful information for your audience. The trick is to tie it in to how your business functions. So think about what business you might be in and develop content. Become the thought leader on that subject. Become an educator. This will get you on programs like Get Down to Business and many other fine radio programs around the country. You'll be interviewed by media and you will uh, you will people will recognize that you're not just a great service for their business, but actually you are an expert on the topic. Not saying you need to uh, you need to become the next New York Times bestseller, but think about creating videos even low-cost solutions that you can uh, produce through your uh, mobile phone or flip cam, uh, create those videos, come up with little graphics, write blog posts. Uh, trust me, it will work for you. And uh, speaking about web, I know I talked about SEO before. You may have read many articles by marketers that rave about the positive impact of pop-ups and how they work well on websites, but think about how you use the Internet The truth is in 2017, Google will be penalizing sites that frustrate the mobile experience as more and more people use mobile phones and uh, and, and hardware to engage with content. 
It's more important that the experience remains positive. Pop-ups block that experience and are difficult to escape on such a small screen. Instead, you can take a look at those pop-ups and uh, and basically you want to think about alternatives. I don't like going to sites that are going to uh, become time-consuming and burdensome to browse. Whether you're an experienced marketer or a new business owner just getting into the game, it's crucial that you understand how to get your business seen by new people. And hopefully these strategies will help you get that done. If you have other tactics that have worked for you, please share them with me. You could get on my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, that's where you could download podcasts from Get Down to Business, support my run in the upcoming Las Vegas Marathon, shalomkline.com. And you'll also get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We are powered by Tandem HR an expert on uh, the Affordable Care Act, expert on many of the regulations that have come out in labor and employment. You want to talk to them, and you can give them a call for a free consultation, 630-928-0510. They are our solution center, and they are experts on the subject of the Affordable Care Act and uh, professional employer organizations that we talk about so much here on this program. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. Check out their blog on their website, tandemhr.com. We'll be back next week, Sunday at 6 p.m. with more content, guests, information, and uh, interviews that you won't want to miss. You're listening to Get Down to Business to success. Let's get down to business. I'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. Thanks for tuning in. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.